0: Ravi, and I do from uh, Station Manager for 947. I know it's an afternoon session, so you've had a long day, so I'm going to try and keep it very tight and short, and what I'd rather actually do is um, do a Q&A. If you've got any interesting questions, ask me any question. I might not have all the answers, but I'll try. Um, so, firstly, good afternoon. It's great to be on Radio Days. Um, I think, firstly, congratulations, as to God, to the WITS Radio Academy and to Professor Franz Kruger and the team in putting together yet another successful conference. So to be part of it is actually fantastic. Hi, ladies. How are we doing? Do you you going to come sit at the front? I promise I won't bite. So it's great to be here, but it's also great to, to talk to you about the radio industry. And, and hopefully, I can leave you with some stuff to, to take away. Uh, but last night, for for some of you at Kai uh, FM, um, you know, we had a bit of a gathering with all the speakers. And Greg Maloka, for those of you who knew Greg, he's the MD of Kai FM. He was talking about the purpose of not only Radio Days, but the purpose of us as broadcasters, which is giving back to the radio industry. Okay, and while we all competing, hello Justine. <laughs> um, it's about giving back to the to the community but also to to create conversations i mean yes we're competitors at the end of the day but i think it's about growing the radio industry and i think that's very important so i think if you can walk away today with some insight that's going to make either the radio industry or your own environment better and i think uh, you know we've all done a successful job i honestly believe and we were having this discussion uh, yesterday actually that one of the key ingredients that's missing in the radio industry and I'll be the first to admit from a commercial radio player, is the development of talent and the time that we spend on it. Okay. Now, I said commercial radio. Um, obviously, the SABC, given their challenges, right, Justine? Have, um, it's, 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 it's tough, because at the end of the day, we're chasing money. We're all chasing money. However, the most important thing to... Hold on one second, guys. I've just locked myself out of my computer. Should be here. You like a job, okay? What do you do? What's your name?
1: My name is Shreeshri. I didn't want to tell
0: everyone. Okay, and give me a CV afterwards, right? I <laughs> won't tell anyone. Okay. One of the ingredients I was saying is is the is the development of talent. Okay. Now, before I actually talk about the development of talent and what the what some of the ideas and what some of the you know the kind of advice and feedback that I can give you is uh, firstly, let's define talent, okay? For most people, when you say talent, everybody jumps down air. right? I wanna be on air. I wanna be an on-air contributor. I wanna be a jock. Um, I wanna do news, uh, information services. And that's the default reaction, I think, that everybody has when it comes to talent, okay? The first myth and misnomer is going to be, talent is everything that comes out the speaker, or everything that you see as part of the brand for a radio station. Online, on air, at events, anything. That's talent. okay? Because if you have to, and remember at the end of the day, and let me just read the official program notes here, which is, big dreams and aspirations of our business are often replaced by the reality and the operational needs. The radio industry requires young and innovative talent, but talent also needs to understand what the industry needs from them to successfully operate as a radio professional how talent should approach potential employees, and what skills should possess to stand a better chance to break through. That's just corporate, okay? And at the end of the day, if you want to get into radio, you've got to understand, you've got to broaden your mindset, and you've got to almost reset your reality. Now, that's easier said than done, okay? Now, when I was given this brief, and somebody said that to me probably 10 years ago, I would go, yeah, yeah, right, I just want to get on the air, play some music, give away some cash, and have a good time, right? That's, the, that's what people automatically think of just on radio. Today's session is hopefully I'm going to give you a bit of guidance, okay? And I wish there was one silver bullet that I could give you to say, do this, and you'll be a success in radio. It doesn't work that way, okay? Yes, it's the cliches about having passion and hard work and determination. Those are characteristics, OK, but if there's if one thing you got to do is reset your reality and go, if I want to be a talent in the radio industry, I need to do a proper analysis. Now, I'm not talking about analysis paralysis, but I'm talking about looking at the marketplace, looking at what realistically what you want to do and how you fit into that. Now, there's demos, there's CVs, there's PowerPoint presentations. But if you could map out your career, right, and I'm not talking about sort of. Just create a killer demo and send it off to radio stations. Think about it carefully, right? Now, within the radio industry, there's obviously on-air, which is important, right? most important part comes out the speaker. There's digital. There's marketing. There's music programming. There's website development. There's different facets to it, okay? Automatically, people don't think about them, but I think if you're going to market yourself as a brand to a media group, from a commercial point of view, you've got to understand what you're looking at. Now, I'm going to tell you a bit of a story, because I think that's what's radio missing these days, is, is good storytellers. It's talent, whether you be off-air or on-air, you'll be able to tell a story. 20 years ago, and that's a long time, right, I started working for Prime Media. Uh, when I came to Joburg from Durban in 97, um, and I drove into Joburg, and the first radio station I heard was 947, or... At that time, was 94.7 high-field stereo. And I listened to the station, and I thought, this is the station that I want to work for. Uh, it had just been acquired by Prime Media, post the SABC. And it hadn't had an identity, but it was just new, and it had a bit of a shiny sparkle to it. So I had this vision, and I thought to myself, okay, let me let me see how I can do this. Nobody knew who I was. I worked for a radio station in Dublin called Capital Radio that that was bankrupt, it had no listeners. I mean, listen, we had a jaw. Where's Athel, is Athel here? Athel from RCS. We worked. had the best studio on the beach. We had a jaw, we made no money, we had no listeners, but we had a great time, okay? So to come to Joburg and to work for a radio station, well firstly, to get get into the radio station was pretty hard, okay, because you had to send in your demo and wait for some feedback for people to come back to you and go, uh, you're pretty good or not, or you crap or whatever it is, or to even get back feedback in, uh, is, is pretty difficult. So when I started, I started as a jock, and I did some shows, and um, Neil Johnson, who uh, most of you would know is from Kaya, Neil uh, was the music manager of the station, and I was a presenter, I did Late Nights, And uh, as any enthusiastic jock, when you first start off, you want to do mini features, and you want to do all these cool things on the air. And what happened was, I put together a bit of a dossier of things that I wanted to do on the show, and given that music is a passion that I had, it was pretty much 10 pages of music features, and I shoved it under his door. And I never heard from him for three or four weeks, and I thought to myself, jeez, I he thinks that these ideas are pretty shit, right? So, I mean, I'm just, all I'm going to do is just play music and just tell the time. So I never heard from him uh, until about four weeks later. I got yanked in by the then station manager, and he said to me, he says, uh, listen, um, we want you to be the music manager. And I said, excuse me? Hmm. He says, I want you to be the music manager for 947 or 94.7. And I said, okay, well, how do you do that? said surely like you know there's somebody creates a playlist and you know like how, how do you actually do that and, and I and he said to me no we will teach you we'll, we'll take you through how it needs to be done and I was like okay and he said something to me that resonates with me which is something I've never forgotten and I always say to people when I meet them for the first time be it off air on air talent and he said to me he said you've got to look at your longevity in this industry okay and particularly if you're on air and if you are sitting as a talent, okay, and given I told you I worked for, Cap- for Capital Radio and I had a jaw, I had a great time, uh, even though we had no listeners, um, I had to make a decision. I was forced into making a decision to go, hang on, I better think about this. This is my radio career I'm talking about. I can stay on the air. I could probably maybe graduate to maybe two or three earlier time slots in the day, and that would probably hit my ceiling. Because if you're not in the top five or top ten presenters or talents or personalities, your lifespan's pretty limited, okay? And I think it's not things that, what I'm telling you is not what talent want to hear, okay? Because it almost sounds like you have restrictions and boundaries, but it's about it's about resetting reality. And I made the decision to come off the air and to move into music manage, to be a music manager. And I learned right the way from scratch how to operate selector and music programming and clocks and, and all that kind of stuff. When you first look at it, you think to yourself, geez, okay, is this what I really want to do? So it seems like it's, it's quite structured, but it's music programming. And the point I'm trying to make, which is it's about talent, is when you come in, you've always got to have a plan. Now, I'm not saying to you, please don't get me wrong, I'm not saying to you, it's that every presenter will eventually end up in programming. I don't think that's the case, right? But I think it's a case of you understanding what you can do, what you want to do, and what the marketplace allows, okay? Now, one of the things, and I mean, I see Justine here from from 5FM, I'm sure there's a lot of other program managers here. The one thing is we hate letting talent go, okay? It's the worst part of our jobs. We're either forced to do it if a talent doesn't deliver on objectives, or they behave badly, the conversations we would love to be have, to have with the talent is, hey Mr. X or Mrs. X or Miss X or whatever it is, your time on air has come to an end, but guess what? Your path in your career goes there, okay? I mean, that would be a dream come through to us programmers and any media group to do. Wish it was that simple, because I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not just what the company can do, it's what you decide to do, right? Now, we're living in a highly complex environment. Just essay, just given our market trends, our you know, challenge with radio audience, our dynamics, our demos, our you know, fight for listener audiences, it's, it's difficult. You've got LSMs, uh, social media, easy to get bogged down into the detail, right? And into the analytics about it. So what do you need to do? I mean, listen, if you are, let's just start if you're an on-air talent and if you are at voice of It's. And if you're thinking, okay, I've been at Voice of Wits for the last two or three years. I want to crack it in commercial radio. What do I need to do? Okay. You've got to be a CEO of your own show. Okay. Now, this is not management bullshit. Okay. Seriously, I promise you. It's actually, it's, it's common sense and logic. Okay. You've got to firstly work out. You've got to look at it and go, right, listen, I'm a talent. So, you know, I do X, Y, and Z at Vow. I'm the lunchtime presenter on Vow. You've got to realize that radio is a serious business. Okay, It is. At the end of the day, it is about the bottom line. It's about getting the listeners. That is a reality. Okay? The challenge as talent is to balance the both worlds. Okay? Now, some of it you can do on your own as talent. Some of it you've got to do from a, your involvement with the radio station. So, Greg Goldridge, who's here from uh, from 947 who's uh, one a half of Greg and Lucky on 947, he started off actually in programming and made it the other way around onto on-air. And his ability to understand programming helps him with how he structures what he does on the air. And the same applies the other way around. And if you get that balance right, and trust me, you can never get the balance right 100% of the time. It's about getting it right consistently, or you try to, whereas if you're sitting with a client or you're sitting with an objective that you have to do, Right? You have two options as talent. You either do what the program manager or the station manager wants you to do, or you take the objective and you do it in a way that still resonates with your style, delivers on the objective, and you have a good time. Okay, Because remember, listeners, consumers don't know clocks and structure and links. They don't. They just hear what comes out the speaker. Okay? It's your responsibility with your programming teams and your producers to be able to work that out. So it sounds like you're having fun, but hey, listen, guess what? Samsung's just given us the new phone to give away, and we're going to make it sound like Samsung's just dropped off this phone for me because it's the hottest new product, and guess what? I'm going to give it to my listeners. So you've got to start thinking about commercial content in a fun way, okay? Now I'm not talking about when you open up a magazine or an article and you say, paid for advertorial, okay? Because that's, that's what's shoving down people's throats. Okay? You've got to find a way that resonates with the station sound and obviously your personality. Now, you know, um, I was never one to, I always kept the talent away from salespeople, number one, because, you know, sales, anyone here from sales, before I say anything derogatory to salespeople, <laughs> salespeople will sell a time check if they could have it, right, <laughs> on a radio station. So I was never a fan of allowing presenters to interact with the sales team, number one, or even with a client, okay? Because either one that the presenter would sell their souls to do it, or say the wrong things, or mess it up in some way, okay? But we are now living in a time where, at the end of the day, let's look at it like this. If you're a hot talent, and if you work for a commercial radio station, and if you are supposed to make something happen and execute, all right? Would you like that piece of paper to arrive on your blog the day before or a week before? Or would you like to be involved from day one when you know when the client's come in and giving you the brief and your program manager's come to you and says, Hey, guess what, Greg? Samsung's given us the new X, Y, and Z phone. They want us to run a promotion for three weeks. Uh, they want to buy it on your show. And they love the fact that you do X, Y, and Z. What would you like to do? And I'm going to see Roger Good standing at the back there. And Roger, I think you're you're a phenomenal example of that, which is being able to take a commercial idea and turn it into content. That was a paid-for live read for Roger Good, by the way. So, And I'm giving you the end product, but I want to work it backwards. So when you are cutting a demo, putting together a fancy new CV or putting together a PowerPoint presentation... Right? Because I'll tell you now, demos are outdated. I mean, Justine, you'll break me up here. You get demos all the time, right? Every day. Every day. We get demos all the time. Okay, And I'll be honest with you. It is time-consuming, but it's also when you hear demos and people are completely off the mark. So I find with demos, they can be highly deceiving, positively or negatively. I could listen to a demo, and it's been produced to the hilt. And somewhere in there, I go, ah, oh, this person sounds pretty cool. Bring them in. And there's a massive disconnect between what I hear on the demo and what I see in front of me and talking to a person. Because firstly, the demo goes, hey, uh, welcome to the radio. And the person sitting there is like, hi, hi, nice to meet you. It's like, okay. hey, No, but you're supposed to be the same person. You've got to be the same person. That's the point. I mean, I'm going to use Roger as well. The Roger good that you're going to talk to there is exactly the same guy that you're going to hear on the air today at well. You're not on the air at 3 o'clock, right? Um, that's the whole purpose of it. So demos can be de- deceiving. But also, if you, for example, if I'm a station manager, well, I am, sorry. If I'm looking for talent and I look at person X and I see here's his demo or here's her demo, and I look at the fact that he can... He's highly into social media. He's able to produce content on multimedia. And here's person B, who's just got a nice voice and sends me a five-minute demo. Guess which person I'm going to hire. Okay? So it's not just about the demo. You've got to, before you even start to to approach a commercial radio station, look at it and go, firstly, is the station the right match for you? Okay? Now, I'm not saying niche yourself down to picking five, uh, you know, X amount of stations to do it. But I think also you've got to be realistic. If you're not going to work on a station, you're not going to work on the station. You're wasting your time sending a, doing a bit of a shotgun kind of approach on demos. But I think be prepared. And, you know, I always, this is just my filter. When I look at demos and if I see somebody's put a bit more effort into the demo, and I'm not talking about from a production point of view, but the way the, the email, the package or whatever is dropped off, and I thought this person just thought about it a bit more carefully, which means they either know that what the station stands for or they've recorded a demo that is aligned to a particular show. That shows a bit of a match. So they're thinking a little bit. Okay? And that's why, you know, years ago, we all did hot jock search where we went out and looked for talent. And all you were judging the person was on the voice. But when you got down to the, to the substance of it, you found that beyond the voice, there was nothing there. Okay? So that's what program managers and station managers are looking for, is the talent that can deliver on multiple platforms but also a talent that can use their talent, their style, to deliver on commercially. Okay, That's the end product. That's, w- that's what we all want. Now, before you do that, you've got to decide which path you want to go. And like I said, it's not like everybody on air will end up in programming, but you've got to have a bit of a plan, which means if you decide I'm going to approach Metro FM, let's use them because they're looking for a drive-time presenter from what I hear, um if you want to do the afternoon drive show for example on Metro okay and you are fixated and you have a vision and you think I am I want to be the next big thing on Metro okay work out a plan and go right I'm going to put together my demo because I work for Vow I do a weekend show that is does xy and z but I do the social media for Vow as well plus I cut video for VOW. So when I sit su- in my submission, it's going to be a bit of a full 360. But when you arrive and let's say the program manager of Metro, Tony, goes, like what you sound like, and he brings you in for a meeting and he chats to you, you're not going to say, I want, I want, I want touch the show. Okay. Now, I'm not saying don't shoot from the stars, but I think you've got to be realistic and go, All right. cool. In the next year, I'd love to do lunch on weekends or I'd love to do training. Let me start there. Okay? I realize that it's a bit of a process. And firstly, there's a bit of respect. I mean, and I say this not with a, in a way of killing people's spirit, but to go, let me be respectful to the environment because there is a bit of a thing about, let me just pay my dues to a degree, okay? Start humbly, work my way through it, do some fill-ins and go. But in your mind, you've got a three to five year plan. I want to do weekends. I want to get to maybe weeknights uh, and eventually I want to end up and drive. And some people just go breakfast is not my thing. It's not my thing. I'm just a, I'm an afternoon jock or I'm a daytime jock or I'm a nighttime jock and that's okay. So when I say reset your reality it's not also reset your reality in terms of okay once I'm crap on the air I'm going to move to programming. It means that reset your reality of where you effectively can go. On a radio station. It doesn't mean, by the way, if you end up at lunch on one radio station, you can't end up on breakfast on another radio station. Because that's the other part of the mapping of your plan. It could be from station to stations, or more importantly, these days, in a group. So if I'm looking at Prime Media, and if I want somebody to come in with me, I know that, hey, they could end up at 947, and in 10 years' time, they're going to end up on 702 because they've got an affinity for talk. That's the type of thinking, or that's the type of plan that you, you need to have. So there's the business side, which is the commercial. There is what do you need to have as your realities. And you know something that Greg said yesterday that resonated with me, and it's something we all try, but I think we either try too hard or we don't try hard enough, And depending on what it is. It's the, the one element that I think is an absolute non-negotiable is giving back and uh, the community spirit about it. Because you can be a really cool jock that has a fantastic personality and you've got massive social media and everybody loves you and they want a photo and a selfie and you know the clients fall over themselves because they want to sponsor your show and give you free stuff and all that kind of stuff. But I think giving back to the community is probably the one element with you as a talent can only pre- prolong your longevity and make you highly relevant in the radio market across different platforms. So, just like it's important to have commercial understanding, what's just as important is the fact that you can do something good for the community. Most important about it, it's got to be authentic. It's got to be you. So, it can't be something that, like I said, the station manager comes and says, well, listen, I want you to do something on your show for kids. And you just hate kids. I mean, just let's say you don't connect with kids. Don't do it. Rather, find something yourself that you go and... I've got a philosophy, and whether it's on-air or off-air people, people come to me with the most harebrained ideas, and I think to myself, I just think, that this is the crappiest idea I've ever heard. Okay? Now, I can either tell people that and kill their spirit, or I can go, hmm, that's interesting. Um, have you tried it like this? Okay? And it gets them thinking, and two days later, they come back with another idea, and then somehow you end up with a little bit of that idea, a little bit of that idea, and a little bit of that idea, and, that idea, and you've got an idea. Okay, so if you're a talent and if you are wanting to get into a radio station and if you're submitting your demos or you're submitting whatever you believe is going to give somebody a broader understanding of you and they lock down the door the first time around, don't give up, be persistent. Okay, you have to be persistent in this industry because otherwise it just shows, okay, you either haven't thought about it or you're not prepared to take feedback. I mean, we, we... we got an intern in today who comes from Boston who we had to give us some really hard feedback to go after you know, two weeks with us. If you're going to go into the radio industry, you've got to realize that you know, there's, there's certain ways of doing things. And you've got to be able to give people the feedback and the time of day for it. And it's, unfortunately, we don't do it enough as the radio industry to develop the talent, give them feedback. But you know what? We've got to do it. It's the only way, and apart from radio days, which comes around once a year, as a radio industry, and it's things that, you know, I think we should be championing as, as radio talent. Um, and, it, and this is where you separate it from the competitiveness of us as competitors of r- groups, for example, to us as indiv- individuals. Because the one other thing that is missing for talent is mentors. Okay? So when people start off in the industry, they end up mimicking talents because that's the easy thing to do. But I think mentorship is 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 important. So you know if you latch on to somebody who you believe stands for stuff that you want to do as a radio personality, call them up. Tell them I want can you mentor me? Give me some time, give me some tips. Because that's how you grow as a presenter. And listen, if you can skill yourself apart from just on air, and if you can, you know, like I say, diversify your thinking from going I'm not just a commodity. I'm not just another presenter or a demo that lands up on a station manager or a program manager's desk. And the worst thing is you go, oh, geez, I have to listen to another demo, okay? Is you think to yourself, well, how am I gonna make that a little bit more attractive? But more importantly, you gotta think to myself is, if I crack that meeting, right? Or if I crack that conversation or I get another crack at the demo, think about it very carefully, right? Because I can tell you now, you get your foot in the door into a radio group, okay? And talent counts, but I don't think it's the only ingredient. It is your absolute sheer determination, your passion for what you do. I mean, I've done, I mean, I've been in primary for 20 years, but I can honestly tell you, I love every single day. I'll tell you why. It's the young talent that we have in our business that we've invested in, we could do a lot more. But I gave you the example of Greg. Our programming team is everybody under the age of 28, 27, Greg. Right? Okay? I'm the only old fart in the team. But they challenge my thinking. They give me great ideas all the time. And I love it because we're in the content business. Okay? And if no two days are the same, so there's no chance of you getting bored. So the the route that you could go, you could be in the next year of a company. So if you want to get in, have a plan, map out what you want to do, be realistic, think about it carefully, and commercial content, uh, as much as it's the reality and you think to yourself it's the business side of it, if you strike that balance between content and commercial, you will absolutely fly. Absolutely fly. So that's my bit. Um, I don't know if anything I've told you is... Is not what you've heard before. But um, I just think it's logical and sensible if you can get it right. So I'd rather take questions if anybody's got questions. Yes.
1: Uh, thanks, my name is Martin. I just want to know, do you think that you've got great talent currently in South Africa when it comes to commercial radio? And um, either yes or no. Why? The reason? Two, I need to understand personality and stationality. I mean, uh, how how can you work around that concept? How can you use your
0: personalities to enhance your stationality? Okay, thanks, Martin. Martin's question, okay, let me go first. Do I think we have good personalities in South African radio. I wish it was, okay, now. Okay, I wish it was simple as saying it's a yes or no question, okay? Um, I think I think we do have good personalities, okay? I don't think the succession planning for the personalities is probably on, on, on point, okay? So we're either too reliant in some areas of people who have been around for a long time, Okay, and at the same time, you've got personalities or budding personalities for the future that are not being moved around quick enough. So that's why I can't give you a simple yes or no, because I think it depends on who you're looking for. Second, the second part of your question, which was around stationality and personality, you you know, that's been. uh, Let me use us as an example, okay, because it's a real-life example. In 2010, yes, 2010, when Jeremy Mansfield, who was the breakfast show host of Nine Four Seven at the time. It was pretty much 94.7. He was the breakfast show. He drove the biggest listenership. He brought in the biggest revenue. Okay, the one show brought in more than 60, 65 percent of the revenue on the station. And we'd had been having constant discussion about where to next. Okay, and the stationality was driven of one personality. Okay, and the danger there is one: if the one personality becomes bigger than the brand, and when the brand that personality leaves. There goes your your massive personality and stationality. Okay, the difference now and and our strategy then from 2010 onwards was to create different personalities across the station that are sub personalities of the brand. So you still got to have 947 as the brand, but the difference is the personalities are now spread out between the different shows. So we weren't we're not as reliant on one show be it the breakfast show, or any other show, we have more personalities. So it's about striking the balance. It's about striking the balance between personalities and stationality. Uh, and you've always got to, it's something you've always got to keep in check. But I think if your personalities do become bigger than the brand, that's the danger. One of the things that I do, which is my advice to everyone, is is I ask the question straight out. So I ask the person on air or off air, when if they're sitting in front of me, I ask them, Firstly, number one, where do you want to go to? Like, where? what is your plan? Okay, so you've got to ask them the question. Secondly is, i ask them the timelines, okay? And I do pose the question to them is, what happens if this doesn't work out for you from an on-air point of view? Okay, so the expectations is clear from my end and the expectations clear from their end, okay? So I've let people go because... If you want to be a success, sometimes you have to be a success elsewhere. You've got to have that crucial conversation, right? you really got to do it. From a spotting of talent of whether it's... Let me, let's say, for example, uh, let, let me use a scenario of on-air first. Sometimes when a talent comes to you and they want to be a presenter, okay? And you as the program manager, station manager, you recognize because you've, you've worked a talent and you go, here's p- this person this person will actually be a fantastic number two in a show. So they could be a great co-presenter. But unfortunately, nobody wants to be number two. They always want to be number one. Okay? So you've got, to, you've got to outlay it and you've got to say, um, you know, so-and-so, you're going to be, you could be great as a number two, which means are you open up to doing a double-headed show? Are you open up to... Do, and then they go, I'm sorry, I'm not. And you go, okay, cool. If you're going to be number one, you've got to realize that you could do it, but your furthest growth is going to go up until this point. And you've got to lay it out for them. I see people where, like Greg is a good example, and I know it's the other way around, where he was off air and there was potential for him to go on the air. Okay, He never thought it from there. So sometimes you got to push people. So I pushed him. And for a period of time, he actually did a bit of both because he was kind of also feeling his way. And that's where you've got to be flexible. So from an off-air point of view, and, and you're right, there's an absolute dearth of programming people. I was having the conversation with Neil Johnson yesterday, and that's Robin Pryor from RCS, right? And RCS, this is not a plug for RCS, but RCS is a fantastic product, but there's no, I mean, music compilers because people don't see that side of things. And if, if I could just say to a jock, Hey, listen, your road is going to come to an end there, you could be, you could be a music compiler and sometimes they see it and then they only come to you later on and they go cool. So programming people, I can spot them. It's whether they want to do it. Robert? Uh, it's okay. um, we have uh, a, a very active community radio station uh, community in South Africa. Uh, we've got a, over 100 community stations, and we deal with a lot of them. And the problem that I see is that they're very keen but desperately unschooled. So could you see yourself as a commercial station and other commercial stations mentoring community stations? Because the reality is that, that they could be a feeder to the commun- uh, to the commercial industry, but they're not, because it's rubbish, 90% of it. Yet there is the talent there that needs the mentoring. So. Is that something you could... A- absolutely. I think uh, it goes back to my first point, Robin, where I think um, we don't do enough. Um So we tend to stick to the same pool of people. And if we took the time to go into community and be able to go, and I'm not just talking about a community radio workshop. I'm talking about actively training and developing people on a regular basis. There's absolutely room for it. I just think we, to be honest, I just think we're lazy. There's no other excuse. I agree with you. Yeah, agree with you. Yes. So you
1: are. Yes. Hello, future employers, Justine, <laughs> Ravi, Metro, Kaya, I don't speak Debele, I see you Everybody else. Okay. My, it's more of a comment rather than a question. I think as the radio industry as a whole right now, we actually don't take ourselves very seriously. I'm saying this because when you look at the acting industry, for example, when you're interviewing an actor or an actress and you ask them about their journey, they'll tell you about how they went to school. They'll tell you about, you know, uh, how they got to their success. How, however, when you're listening to radio, you see someone who was on a reality show yesterday and they got four million li- uh, followers on Twitter yesterday. And today they have a radio show, Whoopee, Right. And meanwhile, there are many other people who are both talented and are skilled in radio. So in that sense, I think, um, people, especially those who are the decision makers in making, uh, radio come up, don't take, radio seriously as a medium. Um, I know, of course, it's about making money. So they want to grab on the person who you know will, will bring the, the biggest attention at that time. But don't you think that uh, if you took people who were actual talent, who were serious about the industry and who were serious about being not just radio presenters or programmers, but radio professionals, uh, in a couple of years' time, we could actually have a radio industry that would look really, really great. And uh, right now, we're living for the moment. However, people are saying radio is dying. And if it is dying, what are we doing about it?
0: Jeez, palessa, vivo. Listen, I I can't disagree with anything you've said because I think you're right. Firstly, I don't think radio is dying. I think radio is a strong medium uh, comparably to other markets around the world. It's hell of a strong, not only on ad revenue and listening, and I know we're going into new listenership figures, so there's question marks over that, but I think the stickiness of radio is still really strong. To your point, and uh, I think we all got the point, right, Justine, about hiring people who have got a bigger social following, um, and you're right, because, but I think the desperation by programming and station managers comes from my point exactly, which is, at the end of the day, we need to grow our brands. Be it commercially, be it by numbers, okay? And if people are giving you the same thing, so I call call a format presenter what you call time and temperature. Somebody who can tell you the time and tell you the next song that's going to come up because that's all the demos I get. So in my desperation to look for talent, I start broadening my horizon because somebody's taken the time to give me a a video, right, that is more engaging, that has got a social, so I'm going to take a bit more notice about it. So it's not a case of we specifically going after that. We all want people that are 100%. I mean, like I said, first prizes somebody who's highly engaging on radio, it's got a massive social following because that shows that they're able to transcend from radio into social, into multimedia, be great at an event, can sit in front of a client, sell them a pro- promotion without the programming or the salesperson even opening their mouth. That's everyone's dream. So I think the development of radio people, like you say, to, to create radio professionals, absolutely. I think we'd all love that. My advice to you, because you speak with a lot of passion, is if you did that, and or every person who did that, like I mean, that's your sales pitch, right? That's your say. if every person did that, we all would take notice. Well, I'd give you my comment, I would take notice. So. That's it, guys. I don't know if there's any other questions, but I think we've we've run out of time. I hope you found some value in today's. Uh, Cool.